You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable and fixed blade knives and game processing kits. Now, in my bag this year, I had the Razor Pro Saw Combo Kit. It comes in a very compact, handy carrying case, and one handle has the replaceable blade knife and the gutting blade. The other handle has the saw that comes with it. So I use the saw to split the pelvis and I use the gut hook to open up the cavity and the blade to start cutting all the stuff out, right? So uh, it makes cleaning a deer very simple, very easy, and the the knife is sharp. And uh, if you've ever had to gut a deer with a dull knife, we all know how much that sucks. So um, take a look at the Razor Pro Saw Combo Kit and uh, head on over to OutdoorEdge.com and enter the discount code NATION30. That's NATION30 for 30% savings on your purchase. When in the field, accuracy and precision count. That's why we switch our slug guns to rifle barrels, tune our arrows, and use a fish finder on the water. But why should our drive for control end there? The Tappacue line of meat probes gives an instantaneous look at the temperatures of our prized meals, both internal and the cooking chamber. Tappacue uses sturdy hardware made and assembled here in the U.S., along with their user-friendly, sophisticated software that connects to your smart device. Whether it's a traditional corded probe or the new cordless air probes that give you a wealth of freedom where wires would just get in the way. Adding a Tappacue meat probe can significantly help in getting to that medium rare on venison or waterfowl, ensuring your upland bird stays moist, or even charting your long cooks on a smoker. Visit Tappacue.com or find the link in the show notes and use the code HUNT10, all uppercase, at checkout to save 10%. Adding a probe to your kit can make you one tap away from your cue. Welcome to the Huntivore Podcast, powered by Sportsman's Nation, where we celebrate the hunting and fishing lifestyle 
through the utilization and consumption of our wild game. No egos. Fork in hand, beer in the other. No status. A piece of red meat on a hot grill and turn it into a burnt offering. Just catch it, cut it, cook it. This is episode 69, Recipes with Jeff Benda. Nick is joined by North Dakota native and serious wild game cook, Jeff Benda. Jeff grew up with a family that appreciated being in the kitchen, going to authentic restaurants, yet wasn't able to start hunting until becoming an adult. In that time, he has taken his love of quality natural meat and passion for creating in the kitchen and began writing wild game recipes, which have been featured in several publications. So get your notes ready. You're going to need it for this episode of Huntable. Well, hey, folks, welcome. Got another evening here for you uh, here in Michigan. We're getting our first bout of rain uh, here in uh, in March. It got real dry. We got the fire ban that was going on. And so there's a lot of leaves that are needing to get burned down. And hopefully we'll be able to do that this weekend now. Um, but anyway, what I've got tonight is a total surprise. Out of the blue, I get a listener who jumps in, throws over a uh, recipe that I think think that is just super awesome. So, of course, I was like, no, we need to have this guy on. I am talking with uh, Jeff Benda from North Dakota. He is a hunter, angler, dad, and makes some amazing wild game recipes and photos to go along with it on his Instagram. I mean, you look at it, you want to eat the picture. Jeff, Thank you so much for just stopping by uh, so suddenly just this week. No, yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I love your love your podcast. So over there in uh, North Dakota, what's what is the outdoorsman working on right now? Like this spring season, like everything seems to be like we're getting ready for something to happen. I mean, there's always shed hunting that's going on um, here in the springtime, but at the same time, like what's the next season? that you're looking forward to? I, I'm just about to do my first spring turkey hunt. Um, that's in a couple weeks. So I'm actually going out to some public land, um, a very large swath of public land that we have 45 minutes from Fargo that most people don't even realize is there, the Cheyenne National Grasslands. And um, I'm going to go camp uh, over the weekend and see if I can calling a turkey so i've never done it before this is this is new to me gotcha so. your first turkey hunt or just first turkey hunt in that specific area first first spring turkey hunt like actually calling them in you know versus driving around um okay, gotcha. with a shotgun on your front seat you know looking for a turkey <laughs> on the side of the road <laughs> that's that's fall turkey hunting here in north dakota so um yeah so it'll be a little bit different and then after that it's fishing with my daughter um she's five so we have kind of a little spot here in Fargo, our little secret spot. It's it's a little drainage ditch, um, so it's a little safer to take a five year old on. There and, you go. Uh, yeah, we do really well. She she catches all the walleye, and uh, we catch carp and catfish and all kinds of good stuff. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it is fun to be preparing for stuff, and then yeah, now it's really exciting that you're going to be going out and actually try to call in a tom. You mentioned it was the the grasslands um, over there in in North Dakota. How how spar is there like scrub trees that are out there? Like I'm envisioning, 
I don't want to necessarily say like just straight savanna or like straight off uh, grasslands, but is there some scrub vegetation that you're going to be hiding from, or is it going to be one of those like you got to crawl up on these things? No, there's like uh, the Cheyenne River runs through it. Um, so I mean, there's trees. There's uh, it, it's surprisingly it's uh, it's wooded. You know, I mean, there's a lot of clearings, but uh, no, it's a, it's a really great spot. My um, I, I take my wife and daughter out there all the time. We'll pick raspberries, um, hike around. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's it's a special place that we have that not a lot of people utilize. Gotcha. Isn't that amazing how like our public lands, um, just as we we talk a little bit about them, like there's more and more emphasis behind them, but how underused they can be like, it can be a place that you can just escape to. It can be a place that you can literally just go get lost in and not see another person, uh, for miles and miles. And right. there's that opportunity and how underused that, that seems to be. Yeah. You can camp out there for free. I mean, hunt out there, hike, um, fish. It, it's yeah. It's all there that the, the public land and we have tons of it here in North Dakota. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Michigan's got, it's, it's swaths of it too. So it is, it is one of those commodities that we, we do love to enjoy to take after or take off onto. Um, so as you're out there, you're like one of your big pursuits for going onto these public lands or even just private lands that are, that you find here and there is you're, you're after wild game. And I'm looking at your handle here on Instagram and you're talking about, you know, this is the ND wild cook. So we know like, or wild game cook, this is like, you're out there for a purpose. I mean, I'm sure trophy is what you're going for. Just like anybody else. Like you want the big buck. You want that huge gobbler to come walking right up to you. But at the same time, I, I take it you're a little bit on the opportunistic side. Do I, do I get that vibe from you, Jeff? Are we on the same wavelength there that, Whatever the opportunity we get, we you know we want to put it on the plate first before we put it on the wall. Uh, yes, but I would say that definitely um, I put in for doe tags. So uh, I hunt Montana, I put in for doe tags or cow tags. I I hunt Wyoming, um, it's all doe tags, cow tags. So North Dakota, and that's that's really from a a, um, a budget standpoint, right? I can get four doe antelope tags in north dakota or i'm sorry four doe antelope tags in wyoming you can get up to four uh for half of what a, a buck tag is going to cost um, and that that just brings a lot of meat and gives me more opportunity and just um and just this amazing experience now in north dakota that's different yeah my first choice i'm going to put in for a buck um but but i'm not um, my second choice on there is always going to be a, uh, a doe. Um, I have one deer on my wall. Uh, it's, uh, it's a mule deer from uh, a few years ago. It was my first Western hunt in North Dakota. And it was, it was right. It was, it was a back to back. It was my first antelope hunt out there. And then, uh, a couple, like another month later, I went out there and shot this mule deer buck. And it hangs on my wall as a reminder that that was the worst tasting animal <laughs> <laughs> because I spent hours, I shot it like way off the road. 
Um, my taxidermist actually lived like down the road, like this guy I had hired, like, you know, to, to, to do this. So he, like, I had to wait, um, cause there's no cell phone re reception. So I had to like get out of there, find him, bring him back out. It was probably 70 some degrees. Um, it had sat out there forever. We had to drag it. Now I, now I have a cart, but we had to drag it and try not to mess up the hide for the, cause I wanted a shoulder mount. Um, so that took forever. Um, finally got it um, hung up and he he took care of his end you know by the time I got that meat cooled off it was just it just wasn't good yeah um, that was like a so, worst case scenario right there yeah and it, and it's not that it was a butt you know and and I and I, I remember bringing it home and my my wife uh, you know she saw it and she was like you know it's a, it's a mule deer but she you know it's uh it, it's a wide one but it's a three by three and and she just said, uh, you know, this is my first wall mounter. And she goes, I, I don't think that's allowed. I'm pretty sure, like, minimum, it has to be a four by four. For <laughs> you know, she was just like, I don't, do, do we have to mount this? Right. Um, You've gone through this but, whole saga. <laughs> and that's right. the first it, thing. <laughs> right. That was her first reaction. But, but it, it, it hangs over. Um, it's, it's the one. It's, it's my one uh, wall mount and it's a reminder since that, since that experience. Um, and, and we ate, we ate it all. Uh, I ate it all. Um, but since then, uh, I take care of the meat right away. That's the number one priority. Um, I, I, when I drive around and I hunt, especially out in Wyoming, um, uh, I, I have full coolers of ice ready to go. Um, and that's it. Cause it's all about the food for me now. Um, because I, I, that's the part I can bring home and share that, you know, share that experience and tell the story with my daughter, uh, with my wife. Um, and, and with friends, that's, I think that's one of the biggest things that COVID has been so hard. Cause I just, you know, I want to have that bringing people together and, um, and 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 share this wild game that i have and this year is you know you got to drop it off at somebody's doorstep right yeah it's and been a so, just been a yeah. mess we've really yeah, but, as much as i wanted to be able to cook and stuff like just with our rest local restaurants i mean call it laziness at the same time i'm seeing the only way that they're staying alive is takeout so it's like we're going down to our barbecue shop here in in town you know we'll, we'll go there once and then all right well you know, again, it's like now. Now it's on the Wednesday. We had our Monday barbecue. Like, well, let's go to the Chinese restaurant this time. Get, get something from them just to keep sure. everybody lofted. And after right. a while, you're like, man, I haven't cooked a meal in a week and a half. This is <laughs> we we got to stop this. You know, I'm seeing my gut start to get bigger in a little bit. I'm like, man, too much carbs, too much of the Chinese I'm eating. So, <laughs> well, and I think too, what this experience has been um, this last year, and I think what's what's really escalated. Uh, my need for creativity like right I, my my wife doesn't want to antelope which by the way my wife and daughter will tell you their favorite meat now is antelope now now when i was first married to my wife uh over 10 years ago that statement when she says it out loud like she thinks it's so bizarre <laughs> that would have never thought to come out of her mouth um i remember when when my my daughter, uh, my in-laws were watching her. Um, this is like 
think about six months ago and they were watching her for the weekend for us. And my, my mother-in-law went to serve her a pot roast. And my five-year-old said, um, no, grandma, I only eat antelope. Right. So because like, it was beef <laughs> and, and that's not true, but I mean, she just, uh, she was going to make that um, point right there. And then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but you got to get creative, right? I mean, she doesn't want just steak and potatoes every night. Yeah. So I think that's where a lot of these recipes, um, that's where they come from, you know, um, like the pot stickers I just made uh, a couple nights ago, the goose, goose pot stickers. Um, we love pot stickers, right? Um, and uh, so we got together and, and, and we made them and, and the girls loved them. Um, so that was good, you know. When you try these recipes, not everything, definitely not everything turns out. Oh, of um, course not. Of course not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we jump into recipe two, and, and you've you've told us uh, a great story. I mean, your wall mounter that you, I don't want to say necessarily shame, but it's a good reminder of like, hey, am I out there for the points or am I out there for the hindquarters? You know, it really does put things into perspective. Um, right. When did wild game really become important to you when did this become something that you're like man i'm gonna put in and i'm gonna get four of these antelope tags again i mean i could go get a get a big steer and have that done within the week but you're gonna take the trip out to go get these critters and it's not even a, a done deal at that point why is that important that you partake in that i i think now i'm finally at the age where i can i can live my childhood dream um, I did not grow up in a hunting family. I, I, I was an air force brat. Um, that's how we got to North Dakota. Um, my dad did not hunt. We didn't have anybody in our family who hunted. Um, he rarely took me fishing, uh, but I dreamed about it all the time. Uh, before we ran to church on Sundays, I would be downstairs and they'd be yelling at me to get in the car. Cause I'd be watching Babe Winkleman and, and, you know, those guys in the eighties who were on, on Sunday mornings, the fishing shows. Um, I was an avid reader. So anything from, uh, you know, my side of the mountain to uh, the sign of the beaver, um, even like Island of the Blue Dolphins, right? I mean, like hunting and gathering. And and I was just so enthralled with this um, and just, and dreamed about it and wrote stories. Um, my my wife just, we, we just found a, a a book that I, I, you know, a little, it's a little tiny book that I wrote in elementary school about me um, uh, going out and hunting and it's got pictures and everything on there. So I, I, so I, I had, I had that basis for that, but, um, but we always were big foodies, big cooks, um, did restaurants. Uh, My older sister worked fine dining restaurants on the East coast. Um, I, I did the same. I got, got into the restaurant business. Um, and then later on in the catering business, but, and food just around the family, we always got together every time we get together, we cook, um, and sit and go through cookbooks, uh, and pick out something new. So that aspect, the the love of cooking has always been there, but it wasn't until 2002, uh, when some guys that I was going to college with invited me to go duck hunting and, um, so I, you know, they said, you know, you got to go get hunter safety. So I did that. And so it was the fall of 2002 when I went out and, um, and did my first duck hunt and did my first pheasant hunt. 
and I was hooked. Um, we have not missed a single duck opener together. Um, it's been 18 years now, um, 18 seasons. And, and for us, I describe it, it's like, um, um, it's a line out of Escanaba in the moonlight <laughs> movie, but it's like, um, for opener for us, it's like Christmas morning, but with guns. Yes. Um, you know, you, you look forward to it all year. And, but, but I had never, even with that, I mean, we were shooting ducks and, and pheasants, but you know, uh, the pheasant was put in the, my first pheasant was put in a crock pot with cream and mushroom soup because that's what somebody told me to do. And it was not good. <laughs> um, you know, but, uh, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't anything that excited me that the hunting part being in outdoors, um, living that childhood dream of, of just being out there in the woods and on the prairies, that was what that was about. And it wasn't until, uh, man, um, probably, you know, the, the last five or six years, um, after I shot that, that, that awful buck, you know, <laughs> um, then I really took it, you know, what can I do now to, uh, to step up my game? And, and then also just for cooking wild game for my wife. Like, you know, if you're going to go out and spend weeks at a time out in, on, in Montana, Wyoming, um, North Dakota, um, and do all these hunts and bring it home, um, and cook for your family all year with it. And that's the goal. And that's why I, you know, I take, um, you know, this last year it was about five deer and five antelope. Cause, cause last year was six antelope and we ran out because the girls eat that much. I mean, that's, that's what we eat. We don't run, we don't go get beef. Um, but antelope don't have a ton of meat on them. Um, especially a doe, uh, so, I mean, it takes that much by the time you are going to share some um, and eat it yourself if you're going to eat it all the time. So, um, but yeah, it's just been, uh, it's, it's combining my two passions of cooking that I've always had and my love of hunting that I've always dreamed about. That's awesome. Isn't that, isn't that incredible how like you, you do, you, you develop a passion, one, one of your, like your past and then where you see your future going, like you said, living out your, your childhood that you've wanted to do and be able to mesh those together into yeah. almost a symphony at that point. Like you, you, you're, you're able to present something that as, as you're enjoying that meal, you can talk about, like you said, the 18 seasons that you've been out with your buddies as you're wolfing down on, uh, goose pot stickers that sounds like an awesome way to use a piece of waterfowl too <laughs> is just yeah a little like little packaged up dumpling that you're able to just pop in that sounds that sounds awesome yeah so you you've run kind of run the gamut there in uh in the dakotas area and even out west um we're talking you you were mentioning antelope you you mentioned cow i guess referring to elk at that point you've got some waterfowl under your belt um and some some pheasant I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask you to narrow it down. What is the favorite critter to chase? Antelope, definitely. And now I've I have chased elk and I've never gotten one. Um, and it's a dream of mine to go back and do that. Uh, I, I'm 
you know, so we'll just have to wait and see how that pans out. But I, just my trip to Wyoming, uh, it, it's just an incredible place. Um, that just to have tens of thousands of acres of Bureau of Land Management land to hunt. Um, and, and I don't know if it's, my dad goes with me on that trip. Um, you know, he'll be 77 this year. He, he's, you know, he, he goes with me now the last couple of years. Um, and when he got his first antelope, um, it, just the, the, the smile on his face, um, and to share that experience with him, uh, because, you know, we didn't do that when growing up and now in his, and that he's older, but antelope, I, the reason I dragged him out there is because I had walked and kicked up so many deer for him and he was so shaky and hesitant. He missed dozens. I mean, like not even close. So I'm like, well, let's take you out to Wyoming antelope. Cause I hear they just stand there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, <laughs> and, and by God, they did for him. <laughs> so, wow. um, yeah. So he was able to get, uh, his his two um two years ago and and just it just i don't know it, it's just a special place that it's probably more special because i've um the first time i went out there was with him um the, the first year he didn't hunt this so that's we've done three years now um and uh yeah it's just a special but i would say that's my favorite Gotcha. Critter to chase big. That's, that's my favorite for big game, but I would say ducks, man. That's, that's, uh, that's a I, waterfowl. That's my, that's my, yeah, that's my passion with my buddies. That's, that's good deal. That's it. Good deal. Yeah. It's a group hunting effort. I think with, with the, um, the waterfowl, I'm still novice to it and I've been out a couple times and I've, um, yeah, I was with a, a good neighbor of mine. He invited me out to their their little party, and we went actually went to a sanctuary here in in Michigan, um, where the sanctuary's on the inside, and then you it's like you get there early in the morning, you you got you sign up, and then it's almost like a, a lottery raffle or a lottery raffle. They got a little spinner, and they pull out the bingo ball, and if your number pops up, then you get to choose on the outside of this sanctuary. Uh, which little plot you're going to be on and you're on this like a hundred yard by hundred yard section and then you look over and there's just like section 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 and you just you hope that <laughs> you hope the geese come to your little section and that i've heard know, about i've heard about this pet type of thing yeah it okay. is and going from uh as i started out was just a, a deer hunter at that point and then completely switching gears to out here. And I'm kind of like, man, this is a shit show out here. There's so many people. <laughs> I mean, I can see the dude over there and everybody's honking and carrying on and having a great time. And so like, I was like, man, there is a different feel here to waterfowlers. And then just having a chance, you know, through this podcast to be able to talk to people who you really have a passion, like you said, with, with waterfowl that it's like, man, we love to chase it. And it's because like you said, you've got a history with those guys and that's kind of something really special that you guys have started. So I can definitely see how that becomes something that it's like, I look forward to chasing waterfowl every year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, now here's a question for someone who I've, 
as I'm looking through all of your uh, your recipes here, someone who could probably really answer this question. And it, I mean, it's more of a personal personal opinion at this point. Um, but I'm looking at the idea of like flavor versus texture, and I've I've kind of gone down this journey myself that I enjoy a lot of muscle groups that do a lot of work. I like dark meat on on birds, either upland or, uh, you know, my turkeys. Um, I enjoy that dark meat. There's, there's a punch to it. There's a flavor there. And there's something that has to go into making that, I don't want to say digestible. I want to say, like, less toothy. Like, get it to the point where chewiness is not the only thing you have to do. You're not just chewing to get it down, but you really extract the flavors out of it. Versus a crowd that when they when they describe something that is so delicious, they're like, oh, you can take a you, all you need is a fork to cut through it. The idea of texture that that piece of backstrap tenderloin or whatever you you name it, that cut is so soft that you're able to just you don't even need a knife at that point. You can just cut it with a fork. And so as someone who's played around with now many different critters and tried them many different ways where do you find yourself leaning do you crave do you love the tenderness that folly a party that uh no need for a knife at that point it just dissolves on the palate or do you like the bit of chew that's going to last and you're going to start to get to pick apart the flavors on that where do you find yourself leaning now is this me personally or preparing for my family? <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with you because I can already imagine what you're going to do with your family. Probably the same thing that I do. Man, one of my favorite, absolute amazing favorite recipes is, um, and my daughter's, because she doesn't really understand where it comes from. Uh, uh, to, I mean, to the, uh, she knows where it comes from, but uh, but anyway, it, Hank Shaw's deviled kidneys. Um they're amazing. Uh, you know, it, this is, this is a, this is not a, a, a very popular piece of meat, um, the kidneys, but the way, um, the way the preparation is, it's, it's, with it's the kidneys and the mushrooms. Um, and my daughter and I will just devour it. It's so delicious. My wife, because of the texture, it, it can taste like a million bucks. She's not, she won't even try that one. She can't get over it. She can't get around. She, it. No, now she'll, um, there's some things that I've done recently, uh, that she surprisingly, um, you, you know, she actually really did like it, but, but that isn't one, um, hearts. Uh, I served the bacon wrapped hearts with the, um, my, my buddy Don, I got to give a shot, like a duck opener. Like we always serve the same thing. So, it's uh we call them TDTs, tasty duck treats. Um, but we put that, you know, it, you've seen it like the the pickled jalapeno and the onion. Yeah. Um, some people do some people do cream cheese. We don't do the cream cheese, but it's pickled jalapeno and onion. Um, we you know we put the Tony's seasoning, um, wrap it in bacon. I serve those tailgating, but with hearts with goose hearts. And um, the next year. I had people coming by and saying, Hey, do you guys have 
<laughs> uh, those TDTs? Those, yeah. Is that bacon wrap? Because they and because they recognize the flags and you know the camper that uh, my wife's cousins had. So they're like, yeah, people were coming back. Um, it, that's that's flavor, right? Because the texture doesn't bother people. I, I think it's a personal preference. For me, um, it, it's all about the flavor. Good deal. Um, Good deal. The, yeah, the texture just doesn't bother me. Gotcha. Too much. I was gonna try, and you know, I'm I'm glad you jumped into the kidney bit. Um, due to unforeseen circumstances, my my drag out this year of uh, my buck, um, the boys accompanied me, and long story yeah. short, it turned into like a little Colorado trip, like in the mountains. Um, I had to I'd move the deer twenty year twenty yards. I'd get a flashlight to the face, and then I'd be like night blinded for a second i'd have to pick up the one child because he was pouting um yeah i've heard you him. talk about this yeah. it's a great story oh it's my a goodness great story <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's one I, I when i go by that ridge i just i have to laugh to myself about it but anyway that whole trip i get the buck going and, I, and then i have the child crying and i have the other one he's, he's not doing real well with the flashlight he's hitting everybody in the eyes with it and i was gonna save the kidneys out of that but at that point time was of the essence and I, yeah. I I'm not sure if I said it under my breath or I just thought it but I was I just grabbed the whole gut pile and I was just like sorry Hank and I had to just just heave that off into the woods <laughs> I had to cut my losses at that point <laughs> um but no the the whole idea of of the the kidneys at that point are when you deviled them it now is it like a soak in just like a, a slight brine or or is it like almost like a full-on pickling that you're going on with those no you're not doing the pickling so you're gonna um is it, I, I soak it in salt water i think that helps draw the blood out and then soak it in milk um the double treatment yeah you're doing not too long um yeah i think people get a little overboard on that uh, you know you can just put the salt in you know the, the salt water I mean, it doesn't have to be days right yeah um, I, you know, it's, it's, and that's just a, maybe that's just a personal preference for me. It's like goose pastrami. Um, you know, people do like seven to ten days for their brine. It, that's just too much. I just, I, you know, I, and and so I don't, you know, I did like five days, and I think I just learned that because um, I was impatient. Um, I wanted that pastrami now. I wanted a, <laughs> I wanted a Reuben. I was, you know, I just was jonesing for it. And so, uh, yeah, so I do mine for, for five days, you know, um, in the brine. And, um, but yeah, th that's one of those recipes too. Um, when it comes to Hank Shaw, the deviled kidneys, I, I do not, uh, when, you, when you talk about recipes, you know, um, if you follow them to the letter, you know, when you see something out there, um, there are certain recipes that you can follow to the letter and they turn out really, really well. And, and, and I, at, at this point, um, my experience with it, just whether it's restaurants or catering or, you know, things like that. Um, and just eating and just trying so many different recipes that I just kind of have a, an, an eye at, like I can look at a recipe and say, yeah, that just, that just seems like a lot of, that just seems like too much salt or, um, or not enough, or I really, I think one onion versus three, right? Um, yeah. 
so, but for Hank Shaw's deviled kidneys, it's perfect. Um, for, you know, he's doing a lot of Mexican themed things now. It's, you know, he's on that kick right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, he's, can't in that, follow. he's in that California where he's, I think from his garden that he's got going on, he's got like 30 different types of chilies there anyway. So it's like yeah, an easy transition. Yeah. yeah and I can't do that. I, I can't follow those. Be- that's going to be way too spicy for um, my five-year-old. Yeah, like if I break out the Tonys, she's like, dad, not this. Like, I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. So, um, you know, not the spicy stuff. So I, I have to, um, when I create recipes, I'm trying to do it where, uh, you, you can make it spicier. Um, but I want a good baseline. I, I need, I, I, I want to create a family friendly baseline where if you feed this to your wife and your kids or your husband, you know, and your kids, um, that, uh, you know, you can't take chili peppers out. You know, you'll, you'll see people post that on Hank's, um, on his Facebook group um, that I post a lot of things in or, um, or, you know, it's sometimes on his podcast, but people will put in, uh, you know, like all the, like the, instead of the three peppers, they'll put like three cans of his, the peppers. Oh right? yeah. The like, notorious just, barbacoa. That's, yeah, there's been right? so many people that have done that. Yeah, you, what you're describing they right there. They keep doing it. They keep <laughs> doing it. Like, like, look at some, like, like, type, type the recipe in the in the in the search, and see what other people have done before you attempt this. Yeah, uh, yeah they keep they keep making that. So, um, yeah. So on some of those things, uh, you, you know, I I really try to. It, it's it's flavorful. Um, but especially when it comes to too spicy, I, I try to, to to not go down that road too much. Gotcha. Um, Just wanted to take a time out and say thank you to the listeners for tuning in. It really does mean a lot. I would also appreciate that if you haven't already left a rating or review, uh, to go ahead and do that. It all helps folks find us and get on board using and enjoying their wild game more. Feel free to chat with us and ask questions either on Facebook, The Huntivore, or Instagram, at Huntivore. Got a recipe you think is dynamite and want to share? Or have some show topic ideas? Email us at Huntivore at gmail.com. For even more hunting and fishing podcasts by real, relatable sportsmen, head over to Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, which happens to be a 2% for conservation company, who give 1% of their earnings and 1% of their time helping out the wildlife and wild places we all love. Now, back to the show. Yeah. This is a great this is a great talk too as as we're talking about recipe because going through even myself like I've I'm trying to go and I'm trying to write down how I made this and trying to basically make an instruction booklet or notes to someone else who said, "Hey, you know what? I really liked what you did there. I want to try that." And so trying to do that for myself, granted I'm I'm a presenter. I'm someone who can 
show what's going on visually. I mean, being a an elementary PE teacher, like that's my whole idea is to show like, all right, make the T with our arms. And, you know, you bring your, your throwing arm up. So now you're bending it so that you can throw that ball. And it's all about these visual cues. And to now put that into writing on how you're going to do this has been... I want, it's been pretty daunting for me personally to try and write that out. And sure. as someone who I'm looking through and has just got so much detail as to amounts, instructions, I want to get an opinion on you. What is a recipe? Is it is it to the letter you need to follow this? Or is it simply a set of guidelines that you anticipate the reader on altering flexing and changing to taste uh, it depends on the recipe because um, i know with like baking baking is a chemistry that's yeah, that, you need it. science it, like things right. like they the reason that you're supposed to not use the measuring cup is because you have to go by volume and there's a big switch to have to do that but things have to be proportioned right or your biscuits don't turn out or your cake is not cakey or whatever at that point. But at the same time, like now when we're talking about protein, there's like a, a flex that can happen. Yeah. Well, uh, um, let's just think on, uh, on, on the, I don't know if you just want to jump into the, um, I could probably give a good example on the Wellington. Yeah. Um, we can use the Wellington. So, I do yeah, want to introduce okay, so, this in the fact that. Sure. Now you've you've titled it Jackalope Wellington, and before right. people start getting outraged, me and like, holy smokes, <laughs> they do exist. We found the jackalope before Bigfoot. That yeah, I, I went yeah. So the barber who has the jackalope on his wall, um, yeah, I went in his freezer in the back, and I yeah, he gave me the extra. <laughs> so, but what you um, did was take. Basically, was it jackrabbit or was it cottontail? What do you got out there? It, and... it was cottontail. I mean, yeah, have I gotten jackrabbits? I've actually eaten them, but I um, and I I, I put this one, uh, you know, it was, it was just published on the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers website, and uh, I'll make sure to today, in the show today, notes. Yeah, yeah, I'll, in the show notes, I'll make sure to put the the link from the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers on there. Yeah, that was pretty exciting, but they um. But I, yeah, my, um, I had, I had the antelope back straps and, uh, a friend of mine said, Hey, I just, I just got two rabbits and, um, can I bring them over to you? So, and he's trapped rabbits for me before. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. You know? Um, and I, cause this recipe has been in my head for like a couple years now. Um, like this idea for it, but I didn't know if I could pull it off. And, but that's because a Wellington, you know, if you're going to do like uh you know you google a wellington beef wellington perfect beef wellington like you might get like gordon ramsay you know chef gordon ramsay's wellington and he's using this three pound piece of beef um you have a little bit more forgiveness there right it's a bigger piece it's a bigger cut when you're dealing with um and i think i put that i put that in the description for the recipe um you have a very short amount of time before that antelope um, becomes medium well, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
and 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 so you know if you want the if you if you want it to be that that juicy inside which which the one you know my wife uh, you know it 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 just like melt melted in your mouth but with something like this on a wellington when you have that puff pastry on the outside you have to get that crisp um but then you don't want to do your um you know then you don't want to have the meat inside you know overdone and uh so like a regular beef wellington that thing's going to be in the oven for 40 minutes um and come out medium rare but you you can't do that with this one right um this is a uh, 15 minute you know and yeah. that's just to get the the puff pastry done and then to take it out and you know if you look at the photo it's not rare you know um you know you you post something on social media that's not bloody rare uh you're you're crucified oh exactly it's happened to me before <laughs> right if it's really not, you're getting the haters bleeding, on no oh, the no blood God, huh? are you kidding me if if it's not bleeding rare, um, if you have any kind of white in your photo, oh, they're just crazy. Or you include anything with avocados or beets, man, you get those haters too. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, my wife loves avocados. I will, I will go toe to toe with a beet hater. I used to oh, be man. one, but that was because they were boiled. My grandmother boiled beets, and it turned me off right away. But beets sure. through the oven roasted oh man i'll i'll go toe-to-toe with anybody on beets yeah what well, so um so like in the notes for this particular recipe i put on there like make sure your oven is all the way up to 425 degrees before you put it in right so because of that time it, it you've got to get that pastry golden brown um but then you want that try attempt to get a medium rare um Cause then you're going to take it out and still let it rest. Mm-hmm. So, um, you, you know, something on that, it, when you're dealing with pastry or, or things like that, that that's why I, I don't, I don't like to bake. My wife is, um, because then I have to follow the recipe too close. Um, it, uh, my wife likes the recipe there, like all the steps laid out in front of her. She loves baking. She's a great baker, does amazing things with cookies and, and cakes. I can't do it. I, I need a little bit more um, creativity. And I, and I think you can do that with, uh, you know, like I told you, my recipes tend to be more mild, right? I think this one is kind of a special one that I've been dreaming about, but most of the other ones um, you can kick it up a notch, right? Yeah. You can, you can spice it up. Um, and I, I, I think for, um, whether it's wild game cooking or, or any cooking, I, I think people just need to, uh, you, you know, we, but the, the reason that I love doing this now uh, is because I want to get more people interested in hunting. <clears throat> so um, if their first experience of hunting is like mine and they go out and shoot a pheasant and they put it in a crock pot with cream of mushroom soup, I don't know if they're going to want to go again. Right. Uh, like, and like, and eat it again and share it with their family. Some people are going to love it, but, um, and then I don't shame them for it. I mean, I, you know, uh, I, I use cream mushroom soup <laughs> in certain things. Um, but, uh, but you know, if, if, if a guy in college, um, or a gal in college, they want to go out hunting and then 
and uh, bring something back and and make something special for a date night like like that's that's the kind of stuff i want to create a recipe for um or something for a mom or a dad to to use the wild game in their freezer um that they that they they had an adventure getting but they want to they want to just not ground it up and make burger right they they like just to give them another opportunity to share that um and and just have something more interesting i uh that's my goal with all this yeah um those same and shows so, that you mentioned, like on Sunday morning, uh, I know there was a one here, Michigan Out of Doors, and I remember watching that one as well as a young kid. And there, there'd be a segment where they would they would cook something. And granted, my my memory might be uh, harming me at this point, but at the same time, it was like I felt like it was the same off brown pile. Like there was the meat, and then there was just this gravy on top, and. Yeah. The the protein would change, but the same set of ingredients were in there. And not to say they necessarily mask that idea or mask that it was wild game, but I love what you're saying too, is it's like, no, no, let's let's not mask this, let's not hide this, let's not just throw it in the cream mushroom shoot soup, but allow this to be something amazing. Allow the critter to not just die in the field, but at the same time not die on the plate as well but to be celebrated as something uh, incredible to mimic the life that it did have. And so, yeah, like you're saying, like be able to present this to as a, as a date night where it's worthwhile or like where you take this extra step of not just using one species in this, but actually mixing two wild games into one idea and to be able to provide just this wow factor. You know, Wellington's been around since... It was it was created after uh, the war in France, uh, so it's been around forever. And to be able to take Wellington and put a brand new spin of not just one wild game but two, I think that just like you said hits the nail on the head to celebrate these amazing pieces of protein that we have. Yeah, I think um, you're not going to see. Um, I think we're at the point in cooking now. You're not going to see something like like absolute original right you can make a twist on it um you know like the uh i do the other day like my wife like we had we had gone off dinner um this is this is a couple years ago but we had had those like fried pickles for an appetizer um with that dipping sauce i'm like god these like i just like it was so good and um so I was making uh, Hangshaw's pickled northern, and I thought, well, why don't we, you know, you pickled it, now you got this firm pickled, you know, this brine meat. How about we bread it and fry it in the deep fryer um, with some fried pickles, and see how it tastes? And and we loved it, you know. Um, I think it's just kind of so putting a little twist on a on a on a different idea, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to come up with different things like that, but um, yeah, I, I think it's just, and just having fun with it. Right. Um, and you, you can't screw it up too bad. I, I think one of my favorite things to do, um, you know, for ideas for people out there, like go to your local library. My, 
I, that's one of my favorite things to do. My daughter's five. She's learning how to read. She's like reading like crazy now. Um, we go to the library. I, t I take her every single week. Um, and she goes to her section and I help her pick out some books. Um, she usually gets 10 to 15 to 20 books every week. I mean, she's like a reading, like, like that's what we do at bedtime. Um, she's getting two or three books. You know, if she's naughty, we're taking a book away, right? That's the thing we hold <laughs> over her head. Um, and, uh, and then I've already burned through all the cookbooks in our branch. So now like today we went, um, that's where I go to get some inspiration, right? Just like an idea, um, maybe something that somebody's done. Um, and, uh, and then I'm like, okay, how can I use wild game with that? Right? Like if it's lamb, um, could I use venison or, uh, antelope? Um, you know, or, or, or goose or, um, or, you know, or duck. It, so I, it's just but like, that would be my idea. Like if you have a, if anybody has like a cookbook sitting on their shelf, um, it could be anything. It could be the joy of cooking. It could be, um, you know, a, something for uh, Mexican food or Chinese food, like open that up or, or you could go to your local library and get one. Um, just like open it up and start going through and saying, you know, I got that, I got that goose breast in there and I could, you know, in my freezer or I've got this venison, I could use that. And, and, um, and just like, what, but what's a recipe that you, you and your family like to eat at a restaurant or, um, like just in general, like with beef and substitute that, like take your favorite thing. Um, or something that, that you open it up and like sit down with your, um, significant other and go through the cookbook and go, that looks so good. Right. I'll do that with my wife. Like we'll, I'll open up the cookbook and I'm like, she, she'll, she'll, she'll be walking by and she's like, Oh, please make that. Right. <laughs> and, um, and I'll try it. And, uh, but yeah, that'd be my suggestion for people. Um, just take their wild game and, and, um, you know, just, just expand the opportunities, um, that you can do with it. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, that's awesome. Um, insight right there. Not only just taking like the stuff that you normally eat, but like you said, take a venture out and like, I'm, I'm trying to think of how many books, like what piece of written literature gets left on the shelf the most. I would say probably number one is service manuals for small engines because I never right. look at it. I'll just take that sucker apart and then lose the bolts and you know, it'll be fine. <laughs> but at the same time next to that, it's like, you know, we get these cookbooks and we might have like two or three that we've, we've put the post-it in, but we've never just flipped through and just, you know, let your mind run wild uh, as, as far as what you're going to go, go with, um, you know, darn it. Here we are at the end of the pandemic. I wish I would have thought, you know, I wish I would have talked to you at the beginning of it. Cause there's tons of downtime where I could have been like, man, going through all these books that I do have access to feel to flip through and just kind of bounce off different ideas. You know, Hank right now is real in deep into his Southwest. Like maybe we jump completely East and we start looking at things that uh, we could do uh, like with Indian food or something like that with our wild game. I, yeah, mean, I can't, I can't master that. That's been the hardest one for me. Uh, we love Indian food. Like that's the one consistent with takeout. 
I can't get the flavors right. Um, so yeah, if there's somebody, if and please, if I can do a shout out for your other listeners, yeah, more somebody, shouts. <laughs> please, God, if you have like uh, something that you have been able to do with Indian food, um, like by all means, um, please. No, no, I did a. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard like butter chicken. Um, it's an Indian food, um, and I did a butter buck, but um, I could not get the sauce right. So I went and bought the store, the store butter, butter chicken in a jar. And it was good. It was so good. Nice. Right. So I, I, I had to do the store bought sauce. Like I, you know, and so I, we still did it with the rice. We had a side of vegetables. Um, and that's okay. Like, yeah. You know, well, at the same time, are you um, making your own puff pastry at that point? Do you have a whole half no. a day to fold <laughs> in that butter? No, get the stuff off the shelf. If you're not sure on the butter sauce, just go get the butter chicken sauce. <laughs> right. Yeah. The wontons I made, the the pot stickers. No, man, I'm making and I know the dough's easy and whatever. I, I did store brought store bought wonton wrappers. Life's too short. You know, yeah, I'm all I am exactly. as someone who's like I'm trying to dive as deep into culinary adventure as I can you know I mean we're to the point now where we're trying to be only making our own tortillas but at the same time we're both working adults and it's you know I'm, I can go get a 10 pack of the little taco tortillas um on the way home like that might just have to be the way it is but you know there you got your cut your ends off at some point yeah now I know like um tonight I did a uh uh because I had some, I had some of the goose left over, right from the pot stickers, and um, Passover is this Saturday. Um, and I don't, I don't know when your pot, you know, when this would air, uh, but we'll um, probably be just on the post side. Oh no! Okay, yeah. I was gonna say it'll be it'll be next week, next Monday. Yeah. So, so yeah, so Passover starts on um, it'd be the Saturday morning, so it'd be March twenty seventh, um, the the Jewish Passover. But one of the things they have is the matzo ball soup, right? Um, a Persian version, a Persian Jewish. So like uh, it's uh, Gandhi, they call it, G-O-N-D-I, um, which translates to balls. So I did a, tonight I did a goose Gandhi. So it's like a matzo ball soup, but, um, but we use ground goose um, and chickpea flour, um, you can use matzo flour, but you can also substitute chickpea flour and, uh, and it's just, a, it's like a chicken broth, but, um, yeah, my wife and daughter, um, uh, loved it. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just, it was just warm, soothing soup. If you've ever had matzo ball soup, um, but that, you know, that was something we could do. And then, um, and then on, you know, then we could talk about, Passover to our daughter, right? We're not Jewish, but I mean, we can talk about that, um, that part of it. So exactly kind of tying those things together. What yeah. a cool way to make that part of, I mean, at that point, the, our Christian narrative to tie in like where yeah. the roots of where, where our faith comes from at that point and to be able to like right. make something that's like, well, our Jewish brothers and sisters on that side, they still, they, they honor Passover at that point. And then this is, would be something they traditionally eat. That's, that's super cool. 
Yeah. And so now we're going to do it like for, in, uh, from a Catholic, you know, tradition. Um, so I want to serve, then I saved half of the meatball. So, um, so we can serve it again on, um, on the Thursday night before Easter. Right. So which would be like, uh, um, the last supper so that they would have been celebrating passover so um so yeah so that's we're going to save it for that and and do it that and then we can talk about it you know more in depth i just had to get the recipe down <laughs> first um how yeah. many how many so. times do you make something before you really put it down into writing or is it something that you're you're writing along as you're doing it. Cause I know I fall into the trap too, where I'm like, I just get into the creative mode. I'm add a little of this, add a little of that, do this, do that. And then by the time you make it like, Oh, that was so good. You should make that again. Damn. I didn't yeah. write it down. Are you, um, are you doing yeah, this a couple of times or is it just like you're writing it as you're doing it? Yeah. I'm kind of writing it. So like, I'll prep it. Like I'll, like I'll, I'll see something, right. I'll, I'll hear something on a, like I listen to hunting podcasts like yours and cooking podcasts, right? Um, like I'll just be listening to like Milk Street Radio and somebody will mention something. And I'm like, oh, I could totally do something wild game with that, right? Um, uh, you know, or just paging through a cookbook um, and just be, you know, it, just getting inspiration there. But um and I would say probably like the, my biggest surprise was the Wellington coming out on the first try. Um, that was crazy. Um, my, my only thing would be, um, and I wish I wouldn't have put it in the recipe, um, like using the deli ham instead of prosciutto. Uh, deli ham is wet. Deli ham is wet. Yeah. So, um, I don't think I put that in there, like to, to dry it, like on paper towels, like to get it, make sure you get it dry. So somebody's just pulling this liquidy <laughs> sandwich meat out, right? That puff pastry is not going to be like on the bottom, especially. Well, if you don't um, get your, it could be that. It also could be the, if you don't sweat the, or if you don't get your duck cell, you get your uh, mushrooms, yeah, mushrooms dry enough right. either. My, my my first Wellington, oh yeah, I cut it open and I opened it for like presentation and there was like a gush first. Like, I mean, it, maybe people still oohed and odd over it, but at the same time, it was like there was just this liquid leaching. It was almost like the <laughs> dam broke. You're like, oh no. Now, did you put olive oil or butter in your pan? Uh, no, I didn't. Or did not. you use a dry pan? I used a dry okay. pan. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I think you just, you think, you're like, how long should these mushrooms cook? Right. Oh, it took forever. And I was like, and I think maybe because I was right. like, all oh, right, that was good enough. And I just, you know, went after it. And I don't think I got to that point, but man, they, those mushrooms hold a ton of moisture. Yeah. And it, it probably yeah. also was uh, the meat as well. But yeah, it just, I remember opening it up and everybody was like, ooh, but it was just this puddle. So I immediately like, <laughs> I make a few slices, pick up the whole thing, and then like move it to a new platter, dump the other one in the sink. Like, all right, get that out of here. <laughs> Yeah, salvage what yeah. i can the show must go on yeah well it's the same thing when i took the photo of this you know i'll be honest when i took that photo of the jackalope wellington that's up on the website um man i i was dabbing with a paper towel on the bottom right yeah on the plate i'm like oh my gosh like it's you know there's you know you gotta have this you try to have a nice presentation but um 
yeah, you're going to get liquid. Um, it, it's going to happen. We're, we're not, uh, you know, but, but you don't have to be like a, you know, Gordon Ramsay's hell's kitchen and like smash it. Right. Throw oh, me, no. man, he, that, that guy has thrown more. <laughs> it's one of my favorite shows, but um, <laughs> used to be, but I, you know, he's like, he's thrown more Wellingtons and smashed them. Um, Cause it wasn't so perfect. And um, you, you know, we're not going to get a perfect, there's no perfect recipe. Right. Um, there's not, it's, it's, it's what do you enjoy? What's your family going to like? And so, sometimes stuff does, does not, um, you know, like that Wellington, you said, you know, it was wet mm-hmm. people who are not, I don't know, I bet you it tasted great. Did, oh, yeah. did you guys like it? Oh, we loved it. And I made a, um, a hollandaise to go along with it. That was also the other stressor that I was, I really wanted that to work out. And oh man, you, man, just being able to, I, you know, I put a slab or a, a slice on everybody's plate. I don't want to say slab because they were, they weren't that thick, but anyway, slice and then be able to drizzle that on top and then just like hand those out uh, around the table. And when you dug into that, like you didn't think the moisture almost came from, uh, the hollandaise at that point, you didn't think about all the leaching stuff that was out there, and it did. It was just so much. It was rich on rich on rich. It was, yeah, it was definitely it was a holiday meal. But oh man, it just everybody was super stoked with it. So it was a, a, a success. Um, did, did 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 your wife like? Did, did those guys? Did your guests like? Do they like hollandaise sauce? They do. Um, my one buddy. Um, my wife doesn't. My wife won't do it. So I she just, doesn't I do the holidays. Oh man. Oh. So, and I'm like, oh, you know, are you going to do a holiday sauce just for me? Because my wife and daughter won't do it. So, I miss holiday sauce, man. Now you got me jonesing for holiday sauce. Right. Now I got to come up with something. Well, I'm not even a big, like, Eggs Benedict yeah. person. Like, whatever. But, like, yeah. oh, man, yeah. I could, if there was a hollandaise soup, I mean, that is the probably the worst <laughs> thing for you. <laughs> Between yolk and butter, <laughs> that being the main ingredients. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I remember, I remember doing a catering gig and a, um, somebody had bid in a silent auction. Um, and so I like went into their home and made this dinner for eight people. And, uh, yeah, I, I had to, I had to redo it because my eggs were cooking. Yeah. So it's just like, Oh no. So I'm like trying to do this holiday sauce. Um, and Cause that's the whole trick is not to let it break. There's that, that breaking. Right, yeah. Aspect. Yeah. So I had to start all over and thank God I had this, you know, enough ingredients for, um, to do a second batch, right. To survey people. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, you know, I, I was smart enough to, to plan that out. Like if things go wrong, you better be prepared. So, um, so yeah, it turned out on the second try, but man, yeah, no, I love, I love it. So good for you. Yeah. I tell you, you know, just being able to, to jump out and do something new. Granted, maybe you shouldn't do something new when you've had guests there. You know, maybe try it out on yourself on a, on a small family setting. But it did. I, I wanted to feel the rush, and, and that's what I did. Yeah, I've never been that smart to try it before I have guests. <laughs> maybe it's like that performing thing. You know, with your, with your catering that you were doing, you're like, I need some sort of anxiety. I need that edge. I need to feel nervous to be able to do my best. Yeah. And I think I maybe, you know, I used, you know, I love, I love the, uh, the energy of working restaurants, um, or, uh, you know, doing some local cooking competitions. Um, 
you know, I just, just thrived on that. Right. Um, did a chopped competition, um, and won that, um, and then did a, uh, another cooking competition and, and beat out the other guy who, um, which was kind of a big upset, but, um, they, uh, but just that rush. Right. But now, um, I, I think one of my, the, my absolute favorite thing to do, and I was just sharing this with my wife, um, if, if we're cooking, if I'm, if I'm cooking, uh, Italian, I'll, I'll, you know, ask, uh, Alexa to play, you know, Pavarotti and, um, you know, just go to town. All the girls are, are playing, um, or Cajun, um, throw some Cajun music on, um, uh, you know, just, just having fun while with that cooking and, and just, but just having that energy to it, um, it just brings a little bit more excitement for me. And then, um, you know, and then usually the girls are dancing around in the kitchen and the dining <laughs> to the music, um, or singing while I'm cooking. So that makes it a little bit more fun. But, That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My one boy. I don't like the hours. I don't miss the hours of the restaurants. Oh yeah. You know, I can't even imagine weekends. Yeah. Yeah. I got one boy who would, would like that whole idea. Just play the, the, whatever genre music that we're, we're trying to cook and to just dance. He's yeah, man. Like right now his favorite movie is, Oh, what's the one about the circus? Um, the Barnum and Bailey video that came out. I'm drawing a blank. I don't on the know name this one. It. Um, oh shoot, Hugh Jackman's in it. I can't, I am drawing a complete. I don't know. Do you want me to look this up? <laughs> I was gonna say we got the internet at our fingertips. Um, but it's a huge musical piece to it, and oh, he, the great the greatest showman, the greatest showman. Oh my goodness! Thank okay. you, thank you. Yeah, I haven't seen this. Okay. Oh, go yeah. watch it. It's good. But that, I mean, that just sums up, like, he'll be blasting that soundtrack and just be dancing away to it. My other two boys, they are, I mean, they're as savage as can be. They they have no time for dancing. They're, they're either chasing after the dog or they're trying to trap a critter outside. And it's, so, like, to have this idea, like, the whole idea of, like, let's make this evening where we just, like, play music, like someone's going to end up with a knife and it's going to be, it's going to be more of a standoff in the kitchen. Like, a couple people just need to leave. We need to wait till the food's done. Then we'll come together. But like that, that's our thing too, is like when we do come together and be like, dad, is this, is this a deer that we helped cut up? Is this the deer that, that you did this? And so they do love to talk about like the different parts of, of that whole hunt experience and then to bring that back in. But uh, yeah, they they could use a little culture in their life, but they are they are four and two at this point. So you know, my it, my daughter's job is to yeah she she writes the um, um I, yeah I think just getting your kids involved too in that process like she she um, I I got a big grinder this year and um, you know so she'll sit there with the um, the you know she'll, she'll put the meat down the you know, we've had the safety talk and I'm, and I'm right there, you know, um, but she loves putting the meat through the grinder. Um, or, uh, um, we're very much starting like very elementary knife skills. Right. Um, but, uh, but when she, her job is to label the, like the vacuum seal bags when we process, 
And so I know, um, you know, she, she'll write it out what it is. Um, and then she'll draw a picture. Like, <laughs> right. So if it's, if it's dad's antelope, then she'll draw an antelope or a deer or a rabbit, you know, or a fish, whatever it is. Um, she doesn't so try to throw you off with like unicorn front quarter or something like that. No, that's my other buddies. It's my, if I have buddies that come over, like, yeah, they'll mislabel things. Um, yeah. So that's a, that's good. It's, it's, it's fun. I, I don't know how I could do, if I had three small children in my kitchen, like you, I, I, um, yeah, I don't think those, these things would be posted on social media. I don't think it would go well. <laughs> it's right? been a while since I've had one just cause yeah, it's either I'm clearing everybody out or like, yeah, it's just one of those things like, <laughs> Shove it down their face. Let's go. We got to move along. Bedtime's coming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another thing too. When I, when I develop it, when I try to do a recipe, um, you know, and then try to get a picture and the girls are like, hello, can we eat? Right. So I don't have a lot of, you know, I can't be sitting there spending even 10 minutes trying to get a photo. Um, so I kind of have to have all that played out in my head. Like which plate am I going to use? What's going to look better? Um, and, uh, you know, my wife actually was sick of me plugging in the lights, like the photography lights in our kitchen. So for my birthday, this last January, they set me up a little spot in the basement. Like I have my own little setup and they bought me a bunch of different plates, like colored plates and things like that. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, that was a great, it was just a perfect gift. That is. Um, but then, so, but so I got to make the plate run down the stairs to the basement get the shot right and then run back up and um and and eat with them you know do they start and, uh, and then you do grace because you're doing down there taking so many shots or do they wait for to do grace and then eat no i'll use i'll plate i'll i'll get one plated and get the shot get the photo and then um and then i'll run up and and we'll 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 pray and eat as a family yeah. Awesome. They they I, have we the always we always say yeah yeah but but I you know I can't I can't take too long right right um, and my wife wants hot food you know my daughter doesn't care she doesn't want hot food so <laughs> she that doesn't matter to her uh, but yeah my wife would appreciate a a warm meal so uh, yeah so timing is on that it adds a little bit more maybe there's that excitement right exactly. Um, in the meal prep. Yeah. It's, it's trying to get that shot and make it back up before the rest of the dinner is cold, the other servings. So, well, Hey Jeff, this brings us to our two dish breakdown. This is the crescendo here, uh, towards the, the end of our show here where I'm basically just going to give you a scenario and then you've got to give me the dish that you would prepare for this. And I got, I got two pretty timely ones. So Yes. Um, okay. By the time this is dropping, it will be, uh, yeah, we'll be in that last week before Easter. It'll be right around uh, just after uh, Passover, just after Palm Sunday here. Or no, p- before Passover. Um, but anyway, for an Easter dish that would include wild game, and I'm, I'm going to keep it wide, but you got to tell me the animal, the cut uh, that you're going to use. Mm. What? And how are you going to serve for an Easter meal with your family? 
man, I think you could go, um, it's for us. I keep, uh, some of the, like the hams, like the animal ham on the leg. Now when I mean ham, it's not like a brine already, but, um, like that whole, the whole hind leg quarter. there at that point. Yeah. 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 And, um, I, I don't, I, I do paper wrapped, um, and hang on to those. So like if I come up with something later, uh, so I still have quite a few of them in there and I, and I, I'm just pulling out the one tonight. Um, and I haven't decided what I'm going to do with it yet. So I would say either I'm going to, um, brine it and do a ham, which will take a week. So I got to get on the ball, um, and then put it in the smoker, which I've, I've done one, an antelope ham. Um, but we're not hand, we're not big ham eaters. Um, so I am probably going to take a recipe, um, that I find for like a roasted leg of lamb with like, a I don't know, like something like a, a, a lemon herb salt kind of a thing and do, um, and and do like a leg of venison with that there you go um and just just substitute it and just substitute it and and i'm probably going to follow like a tried and true very high rated recipe that somebody's done (laughs) (laughs) i mean easter that's pretty that's pretty intense you want to have something good uh for for that holiday yeah but i I, but i um i'm probably going to be in the smoker though gotcha um, cause that's my wife's favorite mesquite chips. I've tried everything else under the sun and, um, that's my wife's favorite. So, she likes the mesquite. Uh, wow. She does. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually I, a pungent I've one. Got, I've got apple. I've got, um, yeah, I've got everything. That's what she wants. So, um, yeah, yeah she's, she's a changed woman now. <laughs> <laughs> well, good deal. So you're going, a hind quarter leg of yeah venison, i'm gonna do a leg roasted of, i'm leg gonna do a animal. whole roasted leg yeah yeah now you're gonna have to when you're carving it um just be forewarned right you're gonna have some some that that silver skin stuff you don't want to eat in between the muscle groups um so you're not just slicing away i mean it's you know going crazy right uh, so you're just going to have to, um, you know, you're not just throwing the leg up on the table and people are going to slice through. Um, that's not going to be, it's, it's, I don't think it's going to work out too well. Right. So there's going to um, have to be some, yeah, there's going to have to be, uh, some creativity when it comes to carving, even just to get around yeah. the, the femur and stuff like that. If you're going bone in. Yeah. So I think you're going to, yeah, it's not something you want to set on the table and then just have people start picking at. So I think you're going to have to do some carving and like, just be really a, I, yeah, if you have listeners doing that and they, they want to try it, 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 it's great. I've done it. But um, just be very, um, especially if you're introducing this for somebody's first wild game experience. Um, yeah, I get that. You've got to get that silver skin off. You don't want that, them, especially at the dinner table with guests, them either like, hopefully they have a napkin to spit it into. I was going to say, but, have you know, both just, a napkin under the silverware uh, and then one on the table. Just, yeah, <laughs> just for something this, to hide that's in. That's not a good first experience. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good first experience. Is somebody getting some, like, stringy, yeah, whether it's waterfowl or wild game, or, you know, big game, you know, getting that 
silver skin, you know. I tell, mouth, well, so. we're dealing with athletes, you know. Every animal out there is just fending for its life, and we just yeah. we are graced to be able to get this thing. And so now we're having to deal with, you know, this is such natural, amazing protein, but at the same time, like, man, these suckers are tough. Well, yeah, it's had to survive yeah. this whole time. So that silver skin is going to be a lot tougher than you know one sitting sitting in pasture. Right, and I'm going to brine it first too. That's that's a I probably brine it and inject it, you know. There you and go. Then, um, yeah, yeah, and then put it on the smoker, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, are you trying anything new or? Um, I think we're going someplace for Easter. Okay. Now, um, the family in question, my my in laws that we go with, gyozas are always a great thing that they like to do in fact uh my wife's grandfather was stationed oh what was he was he army he was one of the branches anyway he was a diesel mechanic and he was actually stationed um uh in japan for i believe it was the the vietnam uh the vietnam war but anyway his big thing was to fix up machinery tanks and and jeeps and stuff and and bring those either have their final leg going through there or bringing back pieces that he's got to then retrofit and fix together um but anyway he uh befriended a family over there and so he learned how to make gyozas and then brought that back so it's like we've got this like family uh well a family recipe that was in japan is now here in Michigan. And so like, that's that continuing thing. And so we've been able to adapt that into, um, venison. So that's our new Christmas thing is we do that. Um, so I don't know if I'll do gyozas just cause it's a family recipe and we usually save that for Christmas. I did, okay. I did a, like what you were talking about. I did a whole haunch already or a whole leg of venison, a whole leg of whitetail, um, for, a holiday get together that we had with friends. I don't know what I'm going to do for Easter. This is really good. I might have to scroll this, uh, this guy's Instagram. Um, you might know him. He's over there in Dakotas. He might have a good idea for me. Um, maybe something along the lines of fish. We haven't done a whole lot with fish and my boys do love bluegills. Maybe like a, like a fish patty or something like some, I mean, going to the fryer is always, really really nice but to do something like a like a fish cake i think that would be i think that would be kind of cool now we didn't go full lent this year and go uh fish all all during the week and then saved our red meat um right we're we're back and forth all over the place but so we haven't been sick of fish yet but to do like a a fish cake i think it would be super fun yeah like even like a mango salsa or um um you know, something along those lines. I mean, you can make it like really look pretty on the plate, and you yeah, know. it is spring, right? Um, we can get, we can get uh, yeah, floral. We can get, you know, real funky with that now. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm probably gonna go upstairs and say, "Oh yeah," he asked, you know, and mention this to my wife, and and she's like, "Can we can we just grill some steaks?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, because <laughs> if it's it's, it's gonna you don't be get it's it. gonna be like you don't get it man. like that's the first day it's gonna hit 70 degrees <laughs> we're gonna be outside yeah so i mean my whole plan could get thrown up in the air you know 
Gotcha. But if I could just be out grilling, yeah, that's okay too. There you yeah. go. Makes makes my life a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what's our my second? You said there was two. Yes, the second one here. The uh, the readers, the haters from your overcooked meat have gotten a hold of me, and uh, you're you're done. You're actually we've decided to cancel you altogether, and uh, you've got your last meal rights. So we've decided to throw you into the electric chair. You're on death row, and your day is coming I, up I tomorrow. Used, I used beets with avocados. <laughs> And I served it on a like well done antelope backstrap. Okay. I'm, oh I'm, yeah. I'm picking. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yep. Right. Th- they're done with you. Anyway, yep. they have granted you your last meal. And what I yeah. want to know is what is going to be Jeff's last meal on Earth. And and mind you, you should probably be very uh, detailed because you're you're buying some time here. So what's going to be? your last meal that you would have on earth, Jeff. Um, it's not wild game. Not wild it's game. Not. No, it's not. Um, there is a, uh, so my mom's side, my mom's family is, um, is from Tampa and there's this rich history that we have. Um, when I get off the plane, I go immediately. There's a, there's a Cuban place. Um, that I stop before, but we'd still have a house down there. My parents do before I get to the house, I stop at this place, this restaurant. Um, and I get Spanish bean soup. Uh, so it's got ham, which, which you could do. I I've actually, okay. I've done a wild game, um, version of this, which is, it actually turned out pretty good, but it's, um, it's ham. Uh, chorizo sausage, uh, garbanzo beans. Um, it's potatoes. It's just uh, it. It just reminds me of it. It's it's reminds me of family. Um, it reminds me of my my grandparents who are gone now. It reminds me of um, Florida, um, and it's just my absolute favorite recipe in the world, right? Like my, my mom will forget um, the ingredients sometimes and she'll call me and that's the one I have memorized. I do not need a cookbook. Um, it's just, it's home. And um, I've done it with antelope ham that I brined and I smoked and I did and um, some, uh, some venison chorizo. Uh, and it was pretty good. So I guess I could... I guess I, it could be a wild game version, right? Gotcha. Um, but yeah, and um, I'm going to have to insist with dessert, and that's going to be uh, um, key lime pie because um, that's another family recipe, um, super simple. But um, uh, my grandfather used to have this. It was, it was my grandmother's recipe. Um and when she was in the hospital for, for before she passed away, she was in, in the hospital and then in a, a, a care unit for, for a very long time, months and months. He kept, and for years and even after this, but he kept a copy of her recipe, this key lime pie recipe, in his front pocket. And if he really liked the nurse, 
<laughs> like if it was somebody who was really kind to his wife, he would motion to them with his finger like, hey, come here. And he would pull out this recipe and offer it to them. Um, and, and we still have some of the handwritten, um, I still have a copy of his handwritten recipe. Um, um, and that is just such a special uh, thing that he would, uh, he, that he would share that, right? Yeah. This is the recipe that, that just spoke of our family um, tradition and uh that he would share this recipe but man you had to be pretty somebody special he wasn't handing this out to anybody that's um, so cool that's but so i think cool. that's uh yeah i think that just so i think just him sharing that recipe i think that um uh i was i was always very proud to be his grandson and so i think um you know me sharing recipes like i do now um i just kind of like to follow in his footsteps in that regard so yeah that's an incredible story yeah. i love that and what a way, what a wrap up to go from talking about you know recipes and like how you know how should we write them and do we want to make sure that there there's something you follow uh by the letter or is it something to be played with and to like go on these different tangents but to be able to just to sum this up with like you know what ultimately when it comes down to it we're sharing we're sharing what we love and that, you know, this, this list of instructions is making something that we're going to eat, but at the same time, it has so much relevance to where it came from, who wrote this and who it's supposed to be served for. That's, that's an awesome tie up there, Jeff. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. I don't think I'll have a jackal of Wellington shoved in my front pocket. <laughs> years to come. <laughs> Maybe I'll, uh, I might choose something else. <laughs> there but, you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Something a little simpler, but yeah. Well, awesome. Jeff, can you share with our listeners where, where can we find, uh, where, where can we find more about you? What was your, your Instagram handle? Is there, is there any other place that you've got these posted that we can, uh, uh, find out about your recipes? Yeah. So I'm on, um, very new to Instagram as of like December, uh, so, um, but I think I have over, I think there's about over 50 and maybe about 50 different, um, posts and recipes on there, um, that are actual recipes, but, um, I would say, uh, so that's at, on Instagram, it's N the wild game cook. So like for North Dakota N the wild game cook, um, or you could actually, uh, I'm a, uh, field staff writer for harvesting nature. Um, so you can go to harvestingnature.com and, uh, you can find some of the recipes, um, that I, that the, they published some of my recipes. Um, or if anybody's really interested in that jackalope Wellington, um, they can go to, uh, backcountryhunters.org. That recipe's there. Um, that's, that'll, that's going to be up. So, Good deal. Yeah, great, I'll definitely uh, put that great. in the show notes too, so people can just click that link and uh, and find that one. Yeah, but yeah, again, if you, if anybody has any, um, it, I'm always looking for more interesting ideas. You know, um, somebody just took my goose pot sticker idea, and she just sent me a message, and she used some of her elk, so um, and served it for her family. Like she just earlier today, 
so uh, and send me a picture. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, that's just always good to see, like like you know, inspiring somebody to pull the, the meat out of their freezer. Um, so that was just kind of a uplifted me today. So, but yeah, if anybody has any ideas um, or wants to share their stuff, right? Um, maybe you want me to try it out and and you know get out the bad stuff before you, you try go. it on your family yeah by all <laughs> means I'll, I'll do that for you or recipe yeah, or, editor that's a new title for you yeah i'll do the bad yeah i'll, I'll work out the kinks um and then i can send it back to you or yeah or, or if somebody's got an interesting um recipe that they love to do with wild game i'd love to hear from you guys too oh yeah. awesome jeff go ahead and hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna send our listeners on out folks if you stuck around this long and just enjoyed talk about recipes, well, hey, we're uh, you're in good company. Um, I hope you enjoyed the time where we've just been able to talk about like, you know, we've got this we've got this protein that uh, you know doesn't come to us in a perfect way. We have to go harvest it, and it's lived a wild life. And now we're going to try and create something that we want to be able to be pleasing and nourishing to our families. And sometimes just status quo, throwing it in a pot of uh, cream mushroom soup just doesn't cut it. And so having the ability to get creative is one of those big drivers behind us as sportsmen that we want to make this exciting and be able to write those down into recipes. So folks, as you continue to write your recipes, make sure you got a notebook next to you and you're writing stuff down. And it, once you've made it, maybe be willing to play with it a little bit. See it more as art as opposed to chemistry or science. But whatever you're doing, always make sure that those knives are sharp.